Now, in order to go to studio360.org on your computer, you almost certainly use a mouse and or a keyboard. In the language of interaction designers, the keyboard and mouse are controllers operating at the boundary between machines and we who use them. In today's Design for the Real World, Gideon D'Arcangelo asked Bill Verplank, one of the founding fathers of interaction design, about the past and future of the mouse. I think the people who invented the mouse weren't interested in making a computer friendly. They were making it efficient and powerful. Bill Verplank was on the team that brought the first computer mouse to market. This was in 1981 for the historic Xerox Star personal computer. So I was in a group that was called Functional Test, and we had to determine how many buttons should be on a mouse. The first mouse design, created at Stanford in the 1960s, was a wooden cube with three buttons. It came with a special one-handed keyboard that took months to master. You had to practice to get good with it. The researchers had been using three-button mice, so a lot of the advanced computers had three buttons, and we determined that it was really hard for people to pick up and to use. The term user-friendly became current then as a way of suggesting that it'll be okay to use computers because they're friendly. For Plank and his team settled on a two-button mouse with a traditional typewriter keyboard, and the modern PC controller was born. Great stuff to write documents, send emails, do your taxes, and browse the web. But we use our computers today to make films, compose music, and play video games. Have you ever tried to retouch a photo with a mouse or draw a picture? It's very hard carrying a brick around to do a pretty drawing, and that's what a mouse is, is a brick. You know, it's a, a bar of soap. You can make bar of soap kind of drawings, but you can't make beautiful pen work, penmanship. To capture all of the gesture, all of the subtlety in a gesture is very difficult to do. Verplank is trying to capture that subtlety with controllers that are more expressive than the mouse more expressive than even fancy controllers like drawing tablets and MIDI keyboards. That's the focus of his work at the Center for Computer Research in Music and Acoustics, called Karma, at Stanford University. The key to making computers expressive, he says, is not just pushing on them to do things, but also getting them to push back on you. There are certain things that are very hard to do without force feedback, without feeling things. You ever had the experience of being really cold and your hands are kind of numb and you try and pick up something? You don't feel the things you're trying to hold. Part of what you don't have is the tactile sensation uh, or the sense of forces that you'd feel. Um, that's called haptics. It's the sense of touch and force, the sense of pushing back on you. In a primitive form, haptics has already found its way into game controllers, like in steering wheels that are harder to steer the faster you go. If you go over bumps, the wheel will jog and wiggle. And uh, part of the excitement of a game is the feel that you get. And it makes the game a little more exciting because you get this kind of jostle. It goes buzz, and it wakes you up. And it's kind of fun to get that buzz. For Planck's lab at Karma is filled with musical instruments, Tibetan singing bowls, accordions, washboards. He showed me some of the work he's doing with haptic controls. Uh, <laughs> what I'm using is called a phantom, and it's a little robot that you grab a hold of, and it pushes back on you, and it's got motors that are really quick. Verplank is demonstrating a device that looks like a stylus for your Palm Pilot, suspended in a robotic gyroscope. 
The stylus is hanging from several motors that give more or less resistance depending on where I move it. He loads a program that models the string of a guitar. Grabbing the stylus, I find the edge of the invisible string, stroke it, feel the tension, and then pluck it like I would an ordinary string. But there's nothing there. With my eyes closed, it is impossible to tell the difference between plucking this phantom string and plucking a real one. As I uh, push it, it can not only bend like a string does as you pull a string, but it plucks like a string does and it vibrates. And what it feels like to me is that I'm pushing on a string and then when I let go, I, it plucks and you get the sound out of it and I can feel the vibration in my hand. Verplank loads another patch of code and the phantom is instantly transformed from a guitar string into a belt sander. As I press the stylus harder against the mathematical model of a wooden plank, it scrapes and rubs and scratches with a friction that feels just like it does in the wood shop. Colin Oldham, a karma student and concert cellist, demonstrated a different haptic instrument based on the cello. So he's playing it very much as a cellist would. Um, it's an active force feedback that he can feel this thing vibrating. And the combination of his pushing and it vibrating uh, determines the sound. But again, there's no real string here. Colin bows a metal blade with a regular cello bow. His instrument then swells with electronic sound that he feels in his hands as he's playing. Haptics is already being used in flight simulators, and new controllers are being developed to let remote surgeons better feel a patient's tissue as they cut and sew with the help of robots. For Verplank, the goal is to give us a more continuous, fluid, human connection with the devices we control, whatever we control them for. So there are all these things that have graceful physicality to them that we encounter in art, in animation, in music. All these graceful curves, the, the sound of our voice is continuous. Um, the sound of singing, the sound of music is continuous. And I claim one of the values in making computers higher resolution, <laughs> giving them more bits to, to capture the world, um, and better devices for capturing the continuous gestures that we can create, um, is that they're quote-unquote natural. They reflect the natural world, this physical world where we see things happening continuously. For Studio 360, I'm Gideon Darkangelo. If you'd like to see Bilver Plank's Phantom Haptic Controller, go to studio360.org.